0: sailed. I have moved about this world of ours, and ever in search of the finest of its kind, we bring you the tops
1: in audio
2: drama networks. This is Mutual.
0: The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Previously on Wormwood, having defeated the voodoo hitman, Mr. Carrefour, Dr. Xander Crow turns his attention to teenage runaway Jacob Kitter, who may hold the key to the secret of the object that has, until last night, held Crow in its thrall. Thank you. Facing the vision of a drowned woman, Dr. Xander Crow has found himself trapped in the mysterious town of Wormwood, a prisoner within the old house atop the hill. Now, as secrets are revealed, and horror becomes undeniable, sinister new shadows have begun to creep across this strange town, lost forever at the crossroads of darkness and fate. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 17, The Supplanter. Written by Jeremiah Allen
3: Jacob You need to wake up now Harmony? Close, but no cigar, kid
1: Mm -mm. Sparrow, right?
3: We have a winner
1: You're not old enough to call me kid
3: (laughs) You have no idea how old I am Anyway, we let you get some shut-eye Because of the crazy day you had But we really need you to get up and about The good doctor and I need to test a thing or two before... Before what? Before the hand of glory comes scurrying up your tiny little sleeping baby boy body and strangles the life out of you, for one. That thing's loose in the house somewhere, and we don't know what it's up to, so midnight siestas are out for a while. (sighs) Got some coffee if you're the kind. Doc wanted some tea, but Phineas didn't do a whole lot of shopping before he kicked the bucket, and we poor pagans do what we can with what we're given. Dogs eating scraps from the master's table. So to speak.
1: Where where's Harmony?
3: The ghost girl?
1: Oh no, no, that's Rachel. She's been through a lot of this already and knows how to deal with it. Harmony's the one that's still alive.
3: Sounds sexy. It's nothing like
1: that. I not yet. I mean I mean I mean she's pretty new to all this stuff and I'm I'm just not sure how she's taking it yet. And I mean, you know, it's just I
3: know a- what you mean, kid. Her and Jimmy are in the other room playing Monopoly with Dexter. Guess they found an original copy from nineteen thirty five stuffed in a closet somewhere. And they're having problems figuring out which pieces are houses, and which ones are hotels.
1: The big ones are hotels.
3: Uh, try telling that to a spooked party girl, a six-year-old, and an adult with the mind of a six-year-old. All of whom have been through some pretty wicked stuff in the last couple of months. Probably the least of their worries, yeah?
1: Yeah, I guess so.
3: Here. Here's that cup of joe.
1: Thanks. How long have I been out?
3: From the moment you plop down on that couch, from what I understand. I wasn't in here when it happened, a couple hours at most. I've been outside cleaning up the zombie chunks where anyone else stuck their nose in where it didn't belong.
1: Like the book club.
3: Kid, I know nothing of a book club, except Oprah's, which is a rant for a different day. What I do know is, everyone else took off. The ghost girls wandered away somewhere and that hillbilly vampire of yours went off to bury a dog. Never knew bloodsuckers could be so sentimental.
1: Cedric's not a bloodsucker.
3: I saw the fangs, Junior. I also saw that crazy old man rip apart an army of the undead, take out their general, and heard how he somehow managed to shred a whole pack of lichen throats.
4: Like so what?
3: Werewolves. Your little trip to Lionsville? Anyway, if Cedric doesn't have bloodsucker written all over it, I don't know who does.
1: He's scared to death of drinking human blood, though. He used to slaughter his own cows to... Cedric's a good vampire.
3: Sooner or later, kid? you're going to learn that there's no such thing as a good vampire. Trust me on that one. Anyway, we got to get a move on or Crow's going to get even more irritable than he usually is. He wanted us to meet him down by the object.
1: The object? That sounds kind of cryptic, don't you think?
3: Well, it's got a name, but we're not sure what it is yet. That's kind of why I'm here. See, to take a look at this thing and figure out what it is, the extent of what it does, and... All sorts of stuff. Dr. Crow says there's a jumble of arcane scripture all over the outside of the box. And I've kind of got this gift for deciphering languages. that just so happens to come in quite handy in times like these. What
1: does all that have to do with me? I came back to Wormwood to confront Lynette and my parents, who, in case you haven't heard, actually put out some kind of demonic hit on me. And, anyway, I've got nothing to do with this box or whatever. And if Crow's not going to help well, me... I
3: kid, if Crow's right... And it pains me to admit that he usually is. Whatever who-do your parents are into seems to be directly tied to the box. It's all connected. We've just got to put the pieces together.
1: So now I'm at the center of, like, the supernatural equivalent of the JFK assassination? I'm not even old enough to vote.
3: Nice. And they say public education has failed us. Listen, Jacob. A lot hinges on the next couple of hours. You've got to suck it up and get back in the saddle. For whatever reason, a lot of people are depending on you and they might die if we don't act quickly enough. But why me? Why anyone? Besides, Xander will never help you with the book club unless you help him first. So if you ever want to finish up that little side quest of yours, we've got to get back to the main event. What's
1: that even mean?
3: Never hear of the fourth wall, kid? To hell with that thing.
2: Plenty of work to do here, and you were meant to do it. It's your destiny. Your destiny is getting in the way of my object, and I won't have it! I'm perfectly capable of keeping this thing under control, and I'll not have some sepulchral loon taking it away from me! What in God's name is a sepulchral loon? Pity on the outside, on the inside, but crazy from all angles. I'll have you know that Jacob... Is not who you think he is. He is the supplanter. We've known it from the start. <laughs> if you've known it all along, then why have we been wasting our time in this house?
4: It doesn't it doesn't make any sense, you
2: Because knowing something doesn't mean we should have trusted our instincts. Where was one of the first places we went to in this stupid town? To the Kitter's house, where a very disoriented young man was throwing furniture out of the window. Do you remember? (laughs) Ah! maniac. That was our one good hand. You deserved it! Dr. Crow, are you all right in there, sir? Cool as a cucumber, Jimmy. I'll be out in a moment. I'm getting the hell out of here, and we're getting Jacob to that box post haste. Well, I'd like to see you try that babbling rube, Jimmy, details, sorta, of lop off the hand of glory, and I've just taken care of the other promptly through this mirror. I'm bleeding. Of course, you're bleeding. I. I'd sodding love to see how you plan on opening that bathroom door without any hands. I'll my teeth. Ah, they're my teeth too. And well, I'll be damned if you're going to assault my mouth. You're a bastard. And I demand that your mother abort you.
4: Dr. Crow, man, I, I think he's taking a legendary dump in that bathroom over there. Or one of the house ghosts are assaulting him like in Poltergeist. Or Poltergeist 2. They're here. That's what that little girl is saying. And then, like, two spectral hands reach up out of the bowl, just dripping with...
3: I get I get the picture.
4: It's a trip. And I really had to pee, too.
3: The Timber house is haunted? What house isn't,
4: you know? I mean, you just got done running a dead girl, a lion's villain back. Owe oh, some precious trust to the details, man, dude. I know all that Crow knows through badass osmosis, see? I've been learning the tricks of the trade, and soon it's gonna be Jimmy D, master of the mystic arts and stuff. And then, what are those ghosts gonna do, huh? Kung Fu Chop Ghost (laughs) J!
3: don't see why you're laughing. (laughs) Whoa.
4: Sorry, little dude. I know your sister's in a weird state of being, and I should have been more sensitive to your needs. You need a hug?
3: I need you to give me $2,000 for landing on the border. Ah, uh,
4: yeah, dude. Sorry.
3: You want me to try calling your dad again? Maybe he can come get you tonight. Rachel said I'd be safer with Cedric.
4: But won't your dad be worried?
3: He doesn't know. We were going to tell him when we got to Lionsville, but we never
0: made it. The newspapers
3: think his mom took him when she... left with Jacob's dad a month ago. The police are following a lead in Chino, and not even looking here. Besides, Cedric needs me now. His best friend just died.
4: You're such a good little man, Dex.
3: And you guys shouldn't be scared at ghosts either. We know your sister's good, but we don't know about the ones in the house yet. They're not here right now, so you shouldn't be scared of them. If
4: they're not here, where'd they go?
3: I don't know. They left when the other ghosts got there. They were scared. Scared of the other ghosts? Yeah, the ones that Rachel left with. But don't worry. She'll be okay. My sister knows everything. Can I buy Pacific Railroad now? Xander? Are you okay? You look a little green around the gills.
2: Yeah, I'm getting better, Sparrow. Thank you. Uh, those pills you gave me are really medical drugs, apparently. Uh, as well as the other forces at work. Did the zombies... Bite me? Certainly not. Uh, But I'd probably feel much better if they had, for one, and for two, they weren't that kind of zombie. The problem I'm having, Mr. Kitter, is the fact that I have spent the last month of my life insatiably connected to that relic over there, and whatever sway it holds over me has been lessened, if not outright destroyed, by your presence. Whatever I was getting from the object, you are blocking it out. I'm not sure I follow. Of course you don't. How do I phrase this?
3: It was like he was addicted to dope, and you came along and knocked the needle out of his arm, which explains the dark circles under his eyes and the rotting teeth. Eloquent sparrow. My duty is, as always, to serve.
2: In any case, Jacob, I have spent the last several hours under the influence of a psychotropic drug which my assistant was kind enough to bring me, and it has helped me cope with the ravenous cravings associated with this aforementioned addiction. So you're over it now? Unfortunately, no. Being near the object is having an adverse effect on my mind that the pills have only managed to dull, and I am still struggling against the urge to knock your skull open like a coconut and drink the milk inside! (laughs) Because my subconscious still blames you for knocking the figurative needle out of my arm. GET THAT LOOK OFF YOUR FACE, BOY! No, I'm not actually going to kill you, <laughs> despite my deepest desires to do so. I am, in fact, at base more curious than vengeful. Curious about what? God, you are a slow one! I need to know how you can do what you're doing, how you can break the bond between me and that damned box. When Phineas died, he trapped me in this house, forced me into indentured servitude under the ridiculous notion that it was my destiny to guard this object from whatever forces in this world or the next, either good or evil, might seek to harness its incredible power. It was really rather obnoxious. Wait. So, we. Phineas picked you to come here and protect Wormwood. Phineas played me like a mark in a game of three-card Monty. The old fool was casting out for anyone, and I happened to have a hand in the occult, so to speak. Had a hand. Had, I should say!
3: History aside, Xander's no protector, and he's not doing anyone any good here. On the other hand, your presence seems to diminish whatever effect this thing has. And that can mean a couple of different things, kid. You could either be here to supplant Xander as the guardian of the object, hence your highly prophetic name, or you might just have a gift for jamming spectral frequencies, and that's that. I've never actually seen the box before, but it's-
1: A lot like the Ark of the Covenant from Indiana Jones?
3: A lot like that, yes if I still believed such a film franchise existed. I'm in apologetic denial since I got a mental image of Sheila Booth beginning his life as one of Harrison Four's Little White Swimmers. In that South Park
2: episode. Can you please get on with it? We're out of happy pills, and I'm afraid of what might happen if their effects wear off before we get to the bottom of this, so please.
3: Right. Well, give me a minute to study the writing here. And... Jesus Christ, Sander. Mm. I've never seen anything like this before. You must have known. I couldn't tell you what it was. Even before you sent Jimmy to come get me, it it probably predates cuneiform. It, it has to because there's no reference point for it in modern or archaic language.
2: Well, it's not gibberish. Someone was writing something before the Sumerians. You know, Sparrow, as Phineas unfurled his nefarious trap, he conformed for me a suspicion from early in the Emily Saunders case. The ritual that summoned me was one that invoked Uriel, a spell bastardized from the writings of Sir John
3: Dee. Enochian magic, derived from the language of angels. Exactly.
2: The Enochian language described by Dee
3: Celestial th- speech. The
2: language used to name all things in God's paradise.
3: Except we have records of this Enochian language, and... It's nothing like this. sport. Unless D was wrong or mistranslated or couldn't comprehend. Sparrow,
2: can you read it? Can you decipher the language?
3: <clears throat> <clears throat> it's not like anything I've ever seen. Spare
2: the dramatics, Sparrow. We've both seen you communicate in languages you didn't appear to know that you knew even if you think you didn't know them.
3: That's why I'm still useful to you. Yeah, and it's a thought that keeps me up at night, too. Here, just give me a second to. Hmm. This is odd. It seems to want me to.
0: Jacob! No! What are you doing? Ah! ah!
3: You're a good boy, Abner. Yes,
1: sir. A good, good boy. I just wish... I just wish you would have taken care of yourself a little better.
3: Would have... Would have... <laughs> I just wish you...
4: You wouldn't have left me alone, you damn butt. You and me...
2: We've been through it all, you see. I always told you to... I said you would... You were the only one to stick with me
3: after all these years. <laughs> oh God!
0: Why did you, why did you have to go and die, Abner? <laughs> Abner! Ah!
1: Damn it, Jacob. What what on earth do you think you were doing? My arms are burning. What's wrong with my arms?
2: Shut your mouth and answer me, child. What are you doing? She was going to open the lid. I had to stop her, Dr. Crowe. Well, you stopped her all right, you bloody fool. You're lucky she's still breathing.
1: Mm. Uh, My arms. My arms. Your arms? Ah, let me see your arms.
2: Let me see your arms. Ah, that hurts. Good, now sit still for a minute. Sparrow, wake up. Look at this.
3: Uh, Give me a minute.
2: What is everyone's Uh, obsession with procrastination? Look here, Sparrow! Look at his uh, arms! uh, What's wrong with me? Are are these tattoos? No, 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 they're more than just tattoos, don't you see? The blue glow will fade in time, but you've been marked, child. You've been marked by the very same energies that marked the object. Do you know what this means? They're so tribal. Not exactly tribal, but perhaps angelic? Yes. Yes, from both wrists to your shoulders, you've been marked. Come now, Sparrow, can you read this at least? What does this
3: say? My head hurts, Xander. We'll
2: bother with your head later, girl. Just tell me what the markings mean. Are you sure she should after I... She's fine. He's just shaken up a little. What do they say? Sparrow!
3: They... Look like the words on the object, <laughs> I know that already! I am not they blind! Say... Yes! And they say that he's the one. Yeah. Jacob. Jacob is the true guardian of the object.
0: Magnificent works! Sparrow!
2: This is tremendous news! What? What's going on, Dr. Crowe? What's going on? What's going on, my dear boy? Is that I just received early parole. And it appears that you, dear boy, are the secret key to this whole godforsaken affair. What about
1: Phineas and all that stuff about Emily Saunders? Jacob,
2: if it hasn't been abundantly clear to you, all signs point to the supplanter. Phineas was a very old man. He made the wrong offerings, got the chant wrong. I don't really know. But I do know this. You...
1: Wait, wait! you can't just leave me here. My parents are trying to kill me, remember? Jacob, lad, I assure
2: you, this is the bright light in the dark night. Surely you felt the darkness creeping ever closer. I'm only doing harm by being here. You want to resolve this conflict. Stop your parents and their little hellhound from attacking you and your little girlfriend. This, boy, this is how we do it! But... These things... Have a way of working out, son. You'll have to trust me. I assure you, we'll deal with your parental dilemma straight away. Come along, Sparrow. We've serious matters to attend to. Did you buy the whiskey as I asked? You know, Phineas, old boy, despite the fact that I'll be leaving soon and giving up this horrific old house to the boy... I do feel as though I'm owed my pound of flesh. And lucky for me, you have a rather nice china cabinet. Well, the pieces that weren't smashed by the nattering old prat Ellis Griffin. At any rate, I do believe this will serve as... is this real silverware?
3: Getting ready to make a getaway, Xander? I do
2: believe I am, Sparrow. We'll see to the boys' parental problems, of course, but I suspect that that will work itself out. I mean, what parent hasn't wanted to kill their teenager, if we're all being honest?
3: Xander, about the markings on Jacob's arms. See, the thing is...
2: They don't really say that he's the true guardian.
3: Yeah, how did you know? Because
2: it sounds like rubbish, Sparrow.
3: Then why are you so giddy?
2: Because, my dear... The boy was told what he needed to hear. He needs to be here, and he's looking to belong. We've given him that. He suppresses the signal cast by the object. The town will go back to being an invisible little hamlet, unmolested by the world. Everything works itself out,
3: and... then we get to leave.
2: Part of everything working itself out, of course.
3: Xander, there's something really strange. When I started to read the writing, it was almost... As if I couldn't look away, like it was drawing me in.
2: All the more reason to get away, Sparrow. Jacob Kitter can keep this thing hidden away from prying eyes. Think of it, Sparrow. Would you want a gruesome duo like two of us in charge of a strange relic? Definitely not. Then we're in agreement. It's time to end our prolonged engagement in Wormwood. Now, about the whiskey.
0: Crossroads is produced and distributed by Habit Forming Films, LLC, and features the cast of Season 2 characters. Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Perozzi as Sparrow and Rachel Nolan, Scott Olenek as Jacob Kidder, Nicole Rayburn as Harmony Barrister and Nurse Wendy, Rob Grindlinger as Sheriff Tom Bradley, Cedric Bloomington and Don Marino, Anna Maganini as Lynette Bradley Peggy Nolan and Commander McQueen. Chris Blaylock as Dr. Pete Menno. Peter Dirksen as Jimmy Details and Jonesy. Dave Johnston as Wayne Drexel, Jonathan Kidder, and Dale Lighthouse. Ben Bootman as Chip Drexel, Mr. Carrefour, and Bishop Grail. Robert W. Allen as Special Agent Voitech. Joy Venides as Sister George. Zachary Folks as Brent Saunders. Andrew Ramirez as Dexter Nolan, Coralie Nickars as Deidre Frost and Emily Saunders, Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason, Bob Guildenstern, and your announcer. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. The Wormwood writing staff includes David Acampo, Jeremy Rogers, Jeremiah Allen, Rob Allspaugh, Tiffany K. Whitney, and Rick Beta Jr., Wormwood created by David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Copyright 2008, Habit Forming Films, LLC. Wormwood is a serialized podcast drama and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast, creators, and individual episode credits, please visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening and welcome to town
3: predates uniform uniform <laughs> thank you xander nice.
0: oh, you're listening to tuesday terrors on the mutual audio network tomorrow is our weekly anthology for science fiction and fantasy as lothar tuppen brings you wednesday wonders subscribe to the full mutual audio network feed for every day of amazing audio or find the Wednesday Wonders feed in your favorite podcast player. And thank you for listening, everybody.
1: The Mutual Audio Network.
0: Listening and imagining together.